Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome, this is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick. Barry the Boater, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. Okay, so last week was the Discover Boating Miami International Boat Show. Uh, We talked about it quite a bit, heard good things, weather was great, uh, cooperated. Uh, I've heard anecdotally that uh, uh, they broke some records. So we'll see if that uh, holds, holds true. Um, attendance, I think, was very strong. Whether that translates into boat sales, I mean, they usually put out a big press release after the boat show, and I think they're still working on that. Maybe we'll know by uh, showtime next week, and we'll monitor it accordingly. So, uh, yeah, that, that's one thing. Uh, coming up today, though, when boating goes bad, and, uh, you, you know, you find yourself adrift at sea, you fall off your boat, and you lose your boat, what do you do? Do you drown? What do you do to survive? We got a guest coming up a little bit later on in the show today who wrote a book on survival stories at sea. Uh, it's quite interesting. So he's going to join us a little bit later on. Uh, Barry, um, he told me but right before the show, he goes, you know, that almost happened to me. Is that true, Barry? Or yeah. What? Uh, we were doing a crossing uh, from Fort Lauderdale to Bimini. And uh, the day we crossed, it was beautiful weather, calm. Yeah. Went across on a sailboat, 50 footer. Okay. And then we had to come back the next day because this was just going over there because it had to leave the country every six months because it wasn't registered in the U.S. or something like that. All right. The next morning I wake up and there is a tremendous cold front that came through and the Gulf Stream is now 13 to 14 footers and the wind is howling. Okay. Not one boat left Bimini except ours. And I kept saying to him, Are you sure we got to go back today? Oh, yeah, oh. I got to get back. We have work on Monday, and I'll think myself. Okay. Like this. So you were uh, not the captain. Uh, you were abiding by I the was, captain's I orders. Was just, yeah, I was just a, a mate to help out. Right. I had my inflatable PFD on. Uh-huh. I had my, I think I had my personal locator beacon with me at that time. Yeah. And I had a little first, you know, a little th- throw bag with me just in case we ended up. All right. So you were I, thinking that you may not make it, but you never I, fell I, off the boat, did you? Well, no, but okay. I got I got seasick like I've never been before, and I took a Dramamine before we left. When I yeah. stuck my head out the uh, the port the the hatch, and it was still dark out, and the wind was howling, and I could see boats were not going out, and that's when I was saying we really don't have to go today. We can go the next day. He didn't want to hear that, and right. we had some Words. some hairy moments. We we were okay. no. We we were listed over to the side. We were just hauling as fast as we could go. He didn't have sails out uh-huh. because that would have torn up the boat. He was running on engine, but apparently some of the gear that was supposed to be mounted up there mm-hmm. was not mounted, and it started falling, and he was yelling at me to come out there, and I'm holding this piece of gear as he's trying to tie it back. Right. Uh, we were getting soaked. The the way I looked at the water, and I said, it doesn't look so bad if I were to jump in right now, but I didn't. Yeah, that probably would not have been a good sign or a good I've thing to do. I've never seen waves like yeah. that 
and and being in a, a washing bin. Well, they like that they say never leave your boat in a storm if you well, can avoid yeah. it. If you fall off, and th- that's kind of what this guy has written a book about. People that oh, actually yeah. lost their boat and uh, couldn't get back on. And, yeah, I, uh, I saw I saw one of the videos was where they talked about how it capsized, right? And, and the captain and and you were watching that, mate, thinking that could be that could have been me. I, I said, wait a minute, he did the same thing I did. Right. Uh, but they they really well. Did you ever think uh, farther ahead? Like, okay, if I would have fallen fallen off that boat, how well, would I survive? Yeah. How would you uh, yeah. survive in the water if you lost your boat? What would you do? Well, that was the whole point. Is I was prepared for that. I okay. had my inflatable PFD. I had my personal locator beacon. Right. And I had my little first aid kit, which would have been useless in thirteen yeah. foot seas. Yeah, but what keeps you uh, from A just line? saying, yeah, giving up? Like, okay, uh, I lost my boat. I'm floating at sea. I may have my PFD with me. Uh, how how long can I hold on? What's going to keep you in that survival mode as opposed to saying, all right, this is it. Uh, my my family, done. my kids were still young, and I wanted to be there for them. Okay. So that I didn't would... want to end up being, you know, sh- shark bait or anything like that. All right. So, and I guess that's kind of what the boat is, uh, or the, the boat, the book is about, you know, what the what these guys did to survive extended time floating at sea. You know, when, you know, a lot of people would have, and actually some of their friends gave up. You know, why did the ones that survived, survived, and the ones that didn't, did not? And and there you know, was a guy. Learn and from I learned from that, I yeah. guess. And, and there's a guy that I, I have the book. I could go get it at the next break. That the guy that, that survived for 76 days at sea, yeah. where he lost his sailboat and he was in his life raft. And he, he goes through all the things he had to do just to survive until he drifted far enough to an island where he could get help. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk to And then he became him. Tom Hanks. That's that, right. That may, very well may have been talking to a volleyball for 77 right. days. I don't know. But uh, Michael uh, Togeis is going to be our guest here coming up in just that a bit. That will be cool. And yep. it's, uh, you know, an interesting book, and we'll have him on. Uh, that's never happened to you, though, Patrick, I assume. You're always super prepared. You would never put yourself in that kind of scenario where it even crossed your mind that you would have to survive floating at sea. Is that true? Or what do you think? Um, hmm. Yeah, I make sure that I've got uh, appropriate gear. Yeah. Uh, when I've been transiting boats up and down the coast. Right. Uh, I, well, I took- you know, Barry said he would think of his family to, you know, to keep his mind in the right place. If you got uh, left adrift at sea and you're out there by yourself, you know, what would you use as your motivation to stay afloat and alive? Would it be the thinking of that- Barry? No, the fact or that Barry's you would be family? doing it, the fact that you would be doing this show without me and how oh, everybody would God. turn to hate you. So <laughs> oh, the, only thing that would, the only thing that would keep me going is the fact that I need to be back doing the show. Yes. For huh. the for the sanity of our listeners. Okay. Unless they be stuck with you. Whatever and delusional thought you have that uh, will keep you alive, them. I think you ought to exploit <laughs> it uh as much as possible. Okay. All right. So there we got that. <laughs> <laughs> People learned a little bit more about the crew today than they probably expected to. Yeah. But uh, it is what it is. Now, uh, uh, before we get to that, um, there actually is a story. You have, uh, is this up on the World of Boating Facebook page, Patrick, it about is. this guy? This, this and all the stories that we don't get to during this show are mm-hmm. on the World of Boating Facebook page and at worldofboating.com. So uh, there was this uh, guy. Uh, his name is Elvis Francois. Of course. And, Interesting. And he was he decided to uh leave his home port in his little sailboat. Okay. And uh, French Elvis. 
Got it. Start, started started having some trouble getting the sail up and things like that. Before you knew it, he uh, he didn't know how to navigate uh, his way back. Mm. So he wound up uh, adrift at sea for 24 days before wow. the Colombian Navy found him and mm. uh, took him out. He he had departed uh, St. Martin. Uh, but here's the thing. This is how this guy survived for 24 days. Yeah. And this is a great story. Not really. Um, he survived on Heinz ketchup. Wow. Really? So, That's what he ate for 25 days or whatever it was? 20, 24 he days. He didn't have he enough food. Some, huh? he, had, he had a bottle of ketchup. He had uh, some spices. And now Heinz is giving this guy a, a, lifetime full, a fully equipped <laughs> boat with full navigation equipment. They just got to locate the guy. But they, they, this is an international effort now. Really? Not, yes. It's what do you mean they got to locate the guy? Page. The internet does not lie, Barry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but they're having trouble finding him? What is, he, what is he lost at sea again? What do you well, mean? Well, I, I think he's one of those guys. You know, he made he, he was picked up by the Colombian Navy. He was repatriated back to St. Martin. So uh, he is, uh, they're looking for him. Hmm. And let's see, let's see, a few days ago, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think maybe they found him, yeah. uh, reached an impasse. So anyway, they've got a very nicely equipped, brand new boat, full wow. navigation gear that Heinz is going to gift to him. Um, well, so for that- living on the Heinz diet for 24 days or 25 days? I mean, is this like an offshoot of the carnivore uh, diet or something? I don't know. Uh, no, but yeah, there's it's marketing. Ketchup. Well, it's ketchup. I mean, but if that's all you live on, I mean, how, how did he turn out? Did he look <laughs> like a gooey mess after 24 days? Who knows? All right, more coming up on the world of boating. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Posting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers listen up from their high-impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department, led by his ex-girlfriend, and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available 
as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Welcome aboard. I will be your captain. You'll be my scallywags. I don't know what that means, but you will be them. And here's how we play. Thank you for your attention and welcome aboard. Let's go. This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick Berry, the boater. We are your crew navigating the latest boating news and information. And we're now joined by a special guest, Michael Togais. His book is uh, Extreme Survival. You can get it now on Amazon, his website, uh, michaeltogeist.com, I believe. Michael, is that right? And welcome to the world of boating. How are you doing? Uh, thank you. Yes, it's uh, T-O-U-G-I-A-S. There you go. Uh, and, uh, you know, go there, uh, order this book. It's, it's quite interesting. It's uh, based on real-life survival stories uh, at sea. You know, a boater like, lost uh, his boat or fell off the boat started floating adrift and they spend many days at sea and you know a lot of people don't make it uh and, and he kind of documents several stories in this in this book and i you know i wanted to bring him on because i think there there might be a a, a lesson that we can learn from uh these situations i don't know was that the goal when you wrote the book my uh michael or what do you think yes i had done seven true survival at sea stories, including the, the finest hours that became a Disney movie. Right. And I always yeah. Yeah. And I always thought while I was doing these books is, wow, how did they pull this off and survive? I could have never done that. And then the idea hit me, do a compilation of stories, most of which involve the ocean, and share what I learned, how these people did the impossible. Not not so much physically, but mentally. How did they overcome adversity? How did they not panic? How did they make the right decisions under pressure? Right. And um, so that was kind of the deep dive behind extreme survival. Got it. Now, uh, Barry the Boater said that uh, if that were to happen to him, he kind of just uh, you know painted a scenario where he things got a little dicey out on the water. And I asked him, I said, well, if you would have fallen off, uh, what would have you done to, to stay, you know, positive and, and wait till you were able to get help? And he said, I'd think of my family and, and friends. And uh, that's how I'd focus. Is that, was that a kind of a continuing theme you saw from a lot of the folks that were, uh, you know, some of the people that you had interviewed for the book? Or what do you think? Absolutely. That was yeah. one of the mindsets. When they wanted to give up, they started to think of somebody other than themselves because mm-hmm. they would have easily put themselves out of their misery uh, but then they thought somebody needs me maybe it's my daughter maybe it's my wife and that kept them going a little longer got it uh, another little technique was they broke you know they broke the situation would feel so overwhelming that if they thought of the odds of being rescued they just start crying mm. so they broke it down into little pieces uh you know let's just get through the next half hour and then we'll decide whether to fight on Got it. And what was it? A, I mean, 
I, and I've seen some of the press release information on the book. There, there have been these common uh, traits or elements that you saw in all the survival stories. Is that right? It was all very similar. That's what kind of made you bring all these together. Is that right? All these different stories? Yes. And, and I not only included the Boy, I probably interviewed 100 survivors for extreme survival, but then I went into history and pulled out the most incredible survivors and saw that they did similar, similar mindsets, you know, from Shackleton to uh, John McCain being a POW. Mm. How did how did they get through it? Right. And it was thinking of other people or your family and then taking little chunks at a time. Don't don't look too far ahead in the future. Just uh, like, okay, I, I, I just need to survive the next 30 minutes and I'll worry about, uh, you know, rescue plane or boat or whatever uh, later yeah, on. Yeah. One survivor, Brad Kavanaugh, he was on a life raft with five others. And when two of them gave up and started drinking seawater, they mm. stepped out of the life raft and boom, were immediately attacked by sharks so i asked brad how did you not do that and he said uh i just used little steps i kept asking myself what can i do to improve my situation so he would experiment with ways of sitting on the raft so that it wouldn't overturn by a big wave Mm -hmm. or he'd experiment about sharing body heat with one of the other survivors uh but he was always up you know trying to think of what can I be doing in the short term. Yeah. So Barry, what do you think about this? Yeah. He was trying to solve the problem or at least solve the short term problem before the next one came along. It occupies Um, a mind and it's thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when my daughter first started nursing school and she looked at the whole realm of what you'd had to go through, it looked like impossible Daunting. to do yeah yeah and i just said you take it one class one thing at a time mm-hmm. and you will get through it right now uh, i gotta ask uh, michael so is drinking salt water is that like the last uh gasp of uh you know like okay they've lost it they're gonna they go so god forbid don't ever do that because it makes you crazy right i mean that's pretty much you've given up if you go uh go to that point right it it will basically dehydrate your brain rather than hydrate it. Mm-hmm. So you'll go into hallucinations. In fact, I got, I, I'm all excited today because the Wall Street Journal did a great review on a new book called Abandoned Ship. It's a World War II story. And the guys who started sipping seawater started attacking others on the raft. Mm, wow. All sorts of bad stuff happened. Yeah. So that's the last resort. Right. You don't do that. Uh, you've given up if you uh, do that. But it's yeah. tough because if you're dehydrated, you, you know, you see all this water around you. I can understand why people would like, well, maybe if I just take a little sip, that would take a little bit of the thirst away. But, yeah, that's the, the death knell uh, if you find yourself in that situation. Was there any other traits that you found with the people that survived these crazy extreme uh, elements as far as like, I mean, was it all walks of life? Did physical stamina or exercise or any of that kind of stuff play a factor as well? Or what do you think? Physical was definitely a role, but not the primary role. But I did notice in the backgrounds of these people, as I got to know them, they were real individualists and had hobbies that were usually solo. So they hadn't, they, if they were in a bad situation before they'd got through it all alone. Mm -hmm. Okay. For example, in my book, fatal forecast, Ernie hazard told me, yeah, I took my bike from Canada to Mexico. And I said, your motorcycle. He goes, no, my bicycle. I go, who'd you go with? Hmm. He said all alone. 
and he did that when he was a teenager. So right away I knew, okay, this guy's tough, yeah. tough mind. Right. Tough mindset, uh, used to being alone, dealing with problems on their own. That that might uh, help you uh, facilitate a survival situation like that. I, I, I don't know. This, this, it's crazy stuff. It's just something to keep in mind. God forbid, you know, you're out on your boat and uh, weather takes a crap on you. And next thing you know, you find yourself floating at sea. I don't know uh, if you're going to learn a lot uh, from this, but it gives you something to think about. And if you put yourself in that mindset, at least, you know, then if you're already there, you kind of have a, a plan uh, to go with and your mind is always already working that way. I mean, in, in scuba right. diving, which Barry and I are scuba divers, uh, one of the rules we uh, go by is uh, stop, think, react and don't freak exactly. out. And that's uh, applies to this kind of thing, too, I would imagine, doesn't it? Yes. And, and, you know, in extreme survival, I do talk about some of the most common uh Boating mistakes. The biggest being having a schedule that'll kill you. Uh, throw your schedule out into the ocean. Uh, another mistake that I've made many times is to be focused on the goal of, say, fishing, and I forget to be concerned about the weather. Okay. All right. Well, let's pick this up on the other side. It's coming up next on the World of Boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldofboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast we now return to night boat the crime solving boat faster night boat you gotta catch those starfish poachers you don't have to yell michael i'm all around you Oh, no, the headed Valayan. We'll never catch him now. Incorrect. Look, a canal. Oh, night boat, go! Oh, every week there's a canal. Or an inlet. Or a fjord. Quiet! I will not hear another word against the boat. I was young, I was dry, but to sail I would go. One hour on the water, I was soaked down below. Though I tried, I couldn't hide from my mother's piercing view. But all she would say was, a big boy like you. Wet before, wet before, wet behind, wet behind. We're the members of the Wet Pants Club. Get a little pissed here. Wet before, wet before, wet behind, wet behind. We're the members of the Wet Pants Club. 
This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick Barry, the boater, and Michael Togeis is our guest right now. Extreme survival lessons from those who've triumphed against all odds is the new book. Uh, you can uh, look it up on Amazon or go to his website, michaeltogeis.com, uh, spelled Togeis, T-O-U-G-I-A-S. I got that right, I think, Michael. Did I? You sure did. First Thank time you. ever. Wow. <laughs> I'm getting better. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, you know, things that you can learn if you find yourself uh, kicked off your boat, you fall off the boat in a bad weather, next thing you know, you're floating at sea. How did these guys survive? That's what he's uh, documented in this book. You know, we were just talking about, you know, one of the things we do in scuba diving, Barry and I being dive uh, divers, is they teach you to uh, stop, think, react. You don't panic because panic is the first thing that leads to problems when you're diving. You can apply this to life which I have many times. And it sounds like in this situation that would pl- come into play as well. You got to occupy your mind. Uh, right. You, you got to focus on something, maybe little, uh, you know, nuggets of uh, activities to keep your brain active, you know, active without uh, focusing on, you know, the fact that you're steering, you know, staring death uh, right there in the face. You, you want to get your mind off yeah. of that. Right. Is that the you deal? Know, you, you- you had a good point about how it applies to life. I'm surprised because I'm getting emails from readers on this that said, this is helping me through my illness or this is helping me through my divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, it was intended to be like a, a edge of your seat read within the lessons learned. But now people are extracting these tips and using it when they go through a struggle that may not be life and death. So it's been right. this happy surprise. Yeah. Well, you have to be able to uh, stop and and react to a problem as opposed to panic or freak out because when you get into that mode, you can't get anything done and you make bad decisions, drinking salt water or God knows what else. So yeah. uh, it and just makes know, sense. And they all had, all these survivors who I interviewed, they all had fear, but it was they, one of them said, I didn't let fear make a coward out of me. In mm. other words, Despite the fear, they were able to make a few good decisions right. and move a little bit down the line. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's very interesting, and obviously the, the stories are very compelling. So check out the book uh, for sure. You're a boater yourself, and, and what do you have? Uh, what do you cruise on these days? What do you have? It's usually a uh, center uh, console because we're always fishing, and I would make a poor survivor. Would you? <laughs> because... Because you know what to do, though. You should be great. You know, there should be no issue. Do, and I would remain calm. But a lot of these survivors were very resourceful in a technical way. Mm, okay. And that is not my strength. Right. So I look at a problem, you know, like it could be the easiest thing in the world. Well, I, actually, when we set this up, I, I think you told me you belong to a boat uh, rental club, right? You don't even yeah. own a boat, but you go out right. and Freedom Boat Club. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to be the maintenance guy. You don't have to be a Captain Patrick. You let the maintenance and all that kind of stuff run by the club, and you just go out there and enjoy it and uh, try to stay on your boat. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> I did. Uh, and, you know, I didn't want to sound like I was preaching. So in Extreme Survival, I put a couple cases where I really made dumb-headed mistakes out on my boat going for striped bass and why why those mistakes were made and so that readers can learn and not do that and if you do do it and you find yourself in a jam how do you get through it with remaining sure yeah learn from other people's mistakes or experiences that's what it's all about well it's great stuff michael thank you for being on the world of boating 
uh, that's good stuff. I mean, uh, as far as preparation for those type of extreme survival moments with our crew in the past, all I've discussed is like, okay, if we uh, lost at sea, lose power, you know, which crew member is going to be eaten first to survive for the rest about. of the crew? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it, it's probably from all my travels to Fiji where cannibalism uh, originated back in the day. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but I think that's just me. It sounds like your book is a little bit more in depth and might be a little bit more useful. So thank well, you for putting if, it out uh, there. Yeah. If readers want to go to my website, they'll see a video of one of the toughest survivors. And he, he's not this big, strong man, but mentally three days alone in the ocean. Uh, so the website is Michael. And then my last name is Tugias, T-O-U-G-I-A-S dot com. And you, you'll see Locke Reedy from Florida, how he pulled off the miraculous. Wow. All right. Well, that sounds good. It sounds uh, like we got our reading material for us, don't we, Barry? You, you like yep. the sound of this, don't you? Oh, right. I like to read books, of course. Well, there you go. Well, Michael, go enjoy your uh, afternoon, and thanks for being on the World of Boating. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, Barry. Thank nice you, Michael. You. Yes. Take care. And Patrick, too. We'll give him and a Patrick. shout and out Pat. there, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's hiding us there. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, that's good stuff. I mean, uh, you learned a thing or two, uh, didn't you, Barry? I mean, I think that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to order the book and read it. Yeah. Um, I like, I, I have another book that is similar to that about one person called Adrift. You may, we may have discussed this in the past. Oh, yeah, we have. Uh, yes. Yeah, this guy, he was out on a boat for, se- or on a life raft for 76 days. Mm. And he did basically the same thing. He would he ate break every day out. No. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm telling you, my wife says, why do you keep catch, you know, collecting those ketchup packets? Now I you say, have a reason. We may need them one day. So mm-hmm. they're going in the boat. Okay. They're sealed up. And who knows, if I get stuck out there, and maybe Heinz will help me with yeah, a paper when, boat. Yeah, when you take uh, Barry to, like, Chick-fil-A, <laughs> he walks out of there with a big old bag of ketchup packets. Ketchup. Well, you never know. Ketchup yeah. is good for the soul. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Patrick, what do you think? Anything? Any other thoughts on that, or you want to move on to other stuff? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, what do you got? Well, talking about uh, disasters at sea. Which was um, what we've been doing, yeah, kind of. This this past week, a 95-foot luxury yacht that was moored in mm-hmm. Honolulu Bay yeah. started drifting. Okay. And okay. It, it drifted. That's what they do, though, generally, don't they? Well, not if they're moored. Oh, it was moored. Yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, the anchor line broke? Well, undetermined. Okay. But it drifted onto a reef. Mm. Um, this is in a marine sanctuary preserve yeah. area. Oh, it happens. And, right. Oh, now they got diesel oh, fuel yeah. spilling and everything. Mm. Like, and here's the thing the place where they were tied up to a mooring ball, the, the park allows for you to tie up for two and a half hours. Okay. And you got to leave. Right. Now, it's not intended for a long term. Hey, this is a great area. <laughs> they were there for over two days. All right. So they were using a mooring ball longer than they were legally supposed to. And I, I, I'm just going to, because it isn't quite clear, but we've talked about proper anchoring techniques. Uh, most often when I'm in a boat of, or a yacht of a certain size, and I know I'm going to be uh, on the hook, so to speak. I always I'm looking at time I'm I'm looking at securing the boat at three points. Okay, bow, uh, port, stern, starboard, stern, 
And that way I know I am held fast. Um, when you're relying on a single a single anchor line or tied to a mooring ball and it's a 94-foot yacht. Yeah, that's a problem. big boy. That's a big boy, a lot of weight, and you got to make sure that mooring boy, uh, buoy can uh, handle it. Sounds like they didn't do that. All right, more coming up. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast hi guys y'all look great it's so good mm-hmm. to see y'all Likewise. Welcome to Hilton Head Island. It's Woo! absolutely beautiful. It it's so amazing. And so I figured what better way to see the island than on a boat. This is the World of Boating. Gregor First Mate, Captain Patrick Barry, the boater, monitoring the bachelor. Uh, and to make sure they uh, do some fantasy dates on uh, boats. That's, uh, you know, during the week, we kind of keep up on that. Uh, Barry, have you had any reports? You, you, you really have, have no life, do you? What are you talking about? Do you have any reports on this? I'm, uh, no, I don't watch any oh, of those. Oh, yeah. No. None of those. Barry, None. Dude, Barry doesn't like to admit it. That's fine. That's, That's fine. okay. That's okay. Uh, I haven't heard of any uh, boating dates yet, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll uh, cover them accordingly when... When time comes, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll be uh, on a boat in Hawaii and have an overnight fantasy date, and the mooring ball will break loose of the uh, anchor, and it'll drift to sea. Yeah, that would be uh, TV gold. I mean, Can I make know? a comment about that? No. Please? All right. Go ahead. All right. Um, here's a clue. If this is a area that is protected, and there are mooring balls, then there's also a rule that says, do not anchor here. Okay. Well, so you're 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 mooring outside of the the sanctuary, the preserve, because um, there are mooring balls. But again, the, the the owner of the yacht was like, "Oh, we didn't know." Now, wrong, hmm. wrong. Yeah. What do you mean they didn't know what that they could o- that you could only moor there for two and a half hours? Why do you think every other boat was leaving over the two days that you were? moored in a single spot every other boat that came in was there and gone in two and a half hours wouldn't that be a clue well that- it depends on what kind of boats they were if they were day boats or something i could see that <laughs> happening i mean but yeah but that's not an excuse ignorance does not uh cover you you're supposed to know your stuff and the no, rules what, of what the they sea had was a was a really uh, an idyllic spot you know very very pleasing to the eye right there and you know on the bay and yeah, we're just going to hang out here, and then the uh, the worst thing that you could think, other than the boat actually sinking, uh, happened where it broke free and got you know caught up on the reef, and now they've got diesel fuel and a, and what what surprised me is that they didn't have any the the uh, emergency response they didn't have any booms available, so they got <laughs> to fly in from another island. Right, and it, it, you would think again 
that, you know, maybe it's a good idea. Hopefully you never have to use them, but maybe having emergency booms would not be a bad idea. But the owner of this yacht oh, wait, well, hold is on. on what, what do you mean emergency booms? Explain. Okay, let him explain. Okay, so when you have a vessel that uh, maybe has sunk or has uh, come aground, yeah, and they will put boom a boom around it to help uh, keep the diesel fuel, the gasoline fuel, and any other uh, harmful contaminants. Oh, okay. From- so a barrier, a water barrier it's, for it's, it's, fuel leaks. Yes. It looks like a round. Like an inflatable it's, noodle kind of well, thing. Well, it's it's it looks like a noodle, but it's not inflatable. It has an absorbent material. Right. And fuel floats on top of the water. So you put this around the area or around the boat so it contains all of this mm-hmm. nastiness. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's not required equipment on a boat like that. No, no, not, on, not on a boat. Be. I'm talking about on the island itself. Like the, the emergency response team they didn't have any booms available they had to fly them in from another island hmm. so yeah, you, would, that's... You, you would think that maybe you want to have and hope again hopefully never have to use it maybe the coast guard might have some you know somebody there you would think does anybody on the and, and the fines have a boom yeah the fines are amazing it's the only reason i have boat insurance is for the liability and for the fuel spill liability the insurance is like nine hundred something thousand dollars. It'll cover. So I cannot imagine what the Coast Guard fines are when you start spilling fuel. Yeah, well, that's one thing. But as far as breaking an anchor line like that, that's not that uncommon. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying, Greg. If you if you've got a ninety four, ninety five foot yacht, right? The fact that you're relying on a a single mooring line to a mooring ball, not good planning. Is sure. not good planning. No, you would right. think that you've got. Not only tied up to the mooring ball, but again, stern anchors have been deployed. You've, you're maintaining a watch, a 24-hour watch. You've got your crew splitting shifts so that somebody is constantly monitoring to make sure that the unthinkable doesn't happen. Even yeah, a GPS alarm will do that. Yeah, you know, well, right. anchor alarm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that's just. But we don't we don't know what what happened in this situation. No. It broke, and then it you know could have been they might have been right next to the reef already if they were on a mooring ball. You know uh, they may not well, have well, time to react. Here's uh, what here's what here's what we know is if the owner of the yacht had abided by the two and a half hour anchor or mooring time, this wouldn't have happened. And now you've got uh, irreparable damage to the reef, mm-hmm. um, and that is a problem. Moving on, uh, the assault on wake boats, wake surf boats continues. Let me ask you guys, um, have any of you undertaken the sport of not wakeboarding, but wake surfing? Of course not. Okay. No. Have you looked at me lately? Okay. (laughs) I'm going to surf on Barry. That would be Saturday. uh, Oh, thank you. Better shot. (laughs) Staying on the surface. Okay. Yeah. I'll float (laughs) really well. Don't worry about that. You're familiar with the with the the sport of wake surfing. Yes. yes. Okay. So you realize that the the sport relies on a boat displacing as much creating volume. your own wave, your wake. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which which you know, whether you're utilizing a forward facing drive, huge surf tabs, ballast tanks, mm-hmm. but now you have manufacturers that are going bigger. What do you since you're somewhat familiar with the sport of wake surfing, do you think 
that U.S. manufacturers should be held to a size for a wake surf boat? No, that that's a responsibility of the owner, the operator, I think. Okay. So somebody makes a 40-foot wake surf boat. Uh-huh. Right. Don't, don't, don't laugh. Uh, 40 foot is, okay, yeah, well, don't yeah, laugh. okay. Yeah, so right. what's there's, the point? Companies that, there's companies out there that are tinkering around with 35 footers. Okay. Big 35 foot bow They're making their own be- wave. Okay, so what's the point, Patrick? What are you saying? Well, because these boats then get used in areas where it's doing damage. Whose fault to, is that? It's doing damage to shorelines, right. things whose, like that. So whose fault is that? Well. You would think common sense would prevail, but now you've, what you've got is municipalities that are having to enact laws that are dictating, you know, uh, size. I know here in Orange County, you know, if you go out on Orange County Lakes, there's signs at the boat ramps that you are limited in the size boat you can put on a lake. Uh, it oh. used to be, I think it was 26 feet. Right. was the largest. Okay. That's okay. the size of the boat, not the size of the wake, though. But they kind of go. It's the size size of the boat. Right. And then they also dictate, you know, if you're pulling a skier, which direction you need to be, you know, operating your boat in, staying a certain uh, uh, number of feet away from the shoreline, which, again, most people don't know the difference between 10 feet or 100 feet. All right. But the rule is you can't create this uh, big of a wake to create problems, right? So that's an operator issue, not a manufacturer issue, isn't it? I know. But what, what I'm getting at, is because people are their own worst enemy and they won't take it upon themselves to use these boats in a responsible manner, what you're going to have is, I guarantee you, there's a there's a, a politician out there that's already looking at filing a bill that would restrict the size of the wake surf boats that could be manufactured. Right. Because we don't, as boaters, we don't do the right thing. We think we have the right to go anywhere we want. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, once again, I think it kind of comes back on the operator. Well, I that's, don't disagree. That's what, yeah, Patrick's not disagreeing with that. Okay. Yeah. So sue them. Uh, leave the manufacturer out of it. Uh, it's like that's just the tool. If you use it improperly, then that's on you. But, yeah, that doesn't keep anybody from suing anyone. So we'll leave it at that for now. Till next time, remember, whether it's sail or motor... Life is better better as a motor. Safe boating, everyone. Come back, bear. Come back here, you barnacle-bitten swab. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the World of Boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com. 